We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, 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 everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. About, about, about. I found your wife um, scrolling through my timeline and I was like, oh, look at Randall's wife doing a bit. So glad you are recognizing the bond and the love that we have. Thank you so much. I appreciate I appreciate you know, the respect, you know. At first I wasn't a believer, you know, because I, I'm a big Kelly Rowland fan. I think she's a better singer than Beyonce. I mm-hmm. say this all the time. And um, yeah, you know, I see her with Tim and her son, Titan. And you know, I, I struggle with, you know, what your role is. And as a friend, I just want you to, I want to make sure you're good. I don't want to make sure you're being taken advantage of. Not at all. I'm, I'm secure. It's one of those things when you're secure in your relationships, you don't need anybody else to validate it. And that's where I'm at. What do I need validation for? I don't need it. Well, you know, whatever. I mean, you know, if if people come and try to, you know, discount your love, just do them like the man in, um, I believe it was France, did at the Apple store. Just, you know, go off. You want me to go smash Apple products? Because that is... The thing to do, right? Just you know, just no, on. just smash their phone. You don't just, have to smash Apple products, but you know, just take that same, take you same know, get that same, like, yeah, get yeah. that stuff and just smash it. Because I did, I yeah. did respect. Okay, yeah, I'm, you know, that man, I, he said, put some respect on my name. I don't know if y'all, you know, our listeners have saw this video. It's on social media. I saw it today, and dude is in the Apple Store, and they didn't give him a refund. What's it? He can get a refund? I think What's he had, like, a defective product or something like that. Okay. And, like, he he asked for his money back, and I guess they told him he couldn't get his money back. So, oh, boy, just thought it was cool to just come in here and just, I'm just going to smash ten, apparently $10,000 worth of Apple products, which takes some some balls. Like, oh, boy, it was bold. I If nothing else, I couldn't even laugh. People kept laughing, and I couldn't laugh because I, I thought it was a joke, and I'm like, I don't really know if... I can laugh at I this. I laughed he just... when he choked that security guard. When I see, he choked I didn't that security guard. I, the... That was the end. You had to watch it. He choked that security guard and then <laughs> Yeah, I didn't see any he of that. Running, and he thought he was going to get away, but he got caught. What's and they the... took him down. What's so stupid is you did this in an Apple store inside the mall. Like if it were a store, maybe like a town center or something, maybe you, I could see you thinking I'm a, you know, dive to my car or hide somewhere. But bro, you in the mall, like you gotta, <laughs> you're inside a building. Like you can't, you're not just gonna but, run away from people. Like you but don't you think know, anger is one of those ever. intellectual emotions that sometimes robs you of your common sense. Yeah, he was completely and... robbed his common sense. <laughs> when you're angry, but I know. Apple Store kid make the one in Jacksonville makes me angry, and I understood I understood his frustration because when I went there a couple weeks of uh, last month, was it a month or the month before last to get my charger, mm-hmm. a new charger, and my there was like my charger still looked like in the cage, like it was not like it was not bent at the top. We pull it just it was it looks like in perfect condition, mm-hmm. but it, I charged my phone and I bought it from, I bought an Apple product because you were telling me, you know, get it so you can take it back. If it's something wrong. Right. And I had had it longer than like six months. And they told me that they couldn't exchange it because I didn't have my receipt. And I was so upset. And I was like, you know, my receipt is 20 minutes away and I can't, my phone is dead. Like I can't charge my phone. And I'm, an entrepreneur so I need my phone she was like well I'm sorry and I was like seriously yeah. I see I don't I, I can't I just feel like Jacksonville's Jacksonville's Apple is giving Apple just a real bad name because I don't know I mean I was just literally just in the Apple store the other day to get my iPhone 7 woo-woo. iPhone 7 plus jet black 256 gigs it's amazing oh, I forgot you got them into actually yes. how you like it is look it's 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 really solid I'm actually I actually think I'm gonna write a, a review um, for a site so I ain't gonna talk too much about it 
I will say though that in all honesty, the headphone jack kind of becomes a deal. <laughs> like I've, I didn't realize how often I use it and mm-hmm. sitting down in my car is when I use it often, especially when I'm like driving to work or driving into the city or going to somebody's house. And especially in like Maryland, you can't hold the phone. Like you have to have a, a hands-free headset in Maryland. Mm-hmm. Um, so if somebody sees you, I have really dark tint, <laughs> and, um, but, but I usually just try not to hold my phone when I'm there. So I put my headset in, but I'm usually charging my phone too, because I'm listening to music, uh, or I have been listening to music. So I went to put my phone on the charger and then I went to plug it up and I was like, wait, I can't, oh crap, this is going to be a problem. This is going to be a problem. So I'm adjusting to it. I'll just say that it's an adjustment. That's what it is. But yeah, I was in the Apple store and it, it was real, it was real seamless. Everything that I needed. I literally was just like, Hey, look, I got this, you know, old cable from my old phone and they swapped it out. No problems at all. <laughs> while I was purchasing my new phone. So they had every reason to be like, well, you got a new cable in your new box, but it was just like, no. And they just gave me a, yeah, another one. So Apple and Jacksonville, I don't know what that's about. I don't know. But if y'all just don't go to that one, try to find another one that goes in. Because that one in Jacksonville. But I'm saying if you're passing through, just wait till you get to your destination. Don't even stop. Uh, yeah, I'm still upset about that. That that was a long day. What you should Trying be to upset get about is your these presidential election. This presidential election, which I'm gonna preface it by saying that I haven't, I I didn't watch it, and I have downloaded um, an excerpt from YouTube to like try to go back and watch it all because I was working. So I had it on, and I was listening to parts of it, and I, you didn't I, miss anything. It was not substantive. I just couldn't believe it was it was happening at all. I did hear, I mean, I, of course, certain things were standing out, and I would stop working, and I'm just looking like, wait, are you serious? Is is this really a presidential debate? Like, I think at at some point in time, I've expected because I'm interested in politics and things like that. So I I I have a certain level of expectation of what something will at least be, but I mean it it. There was no. The, nothing that I thought that it could have been or it should have been, um, at least holistically, wasn't there. I, I knew that Hillary Clinton was going to come very prepared um, to, to give out facts. And I feel like, you know, she wanted to. I think her initial initially. I was expecting her to come in and just kind of hit with all these facts. And then I was kind of uh, disappointed because she, she seemed to take like this very lax position. But then I realized that she was like, I'm just going to kind of let him make his bed and lay in it. And I don't really have to do much because he's going to do it all himself. which is exactly what he did. Like there was no, let me come back with some real points let me come back with some factual information that I've I've looked up. Um, it, it was he said things like, "Oh, well, this was a not so a not a, a, a person that likes the police or a judge that uh, judge don't like that don't like the police type of person." Like it was just a bunch of gibberish. I think John Legend said it the best when he said that it was like a salad of words, like a bunch of crazy words that was just all over the place and none of it made sense whatsoever. <laughs> It was just like literally. He's just like, yeah, just throw it out there. When when Donald Trump said bigly, I said, you know what? I can't do this anymore. You really gonna say bigly like that? I don't even think that's a word. Is that not even, yeah, it's a waste of your you brain cells. It with, in the presentation, and you you said it twice, so like you didn't mistakenly say it and say, let me, you know, I didn't mean say that. You know, I'm a rework. You know, sometimes we all say words, and then we all go back and be like, oh, I mean to say that. You know what I mean? And then say the correct word. Now, the fact that you said twice, bigly. I said, wow. And you want to be the president of the United States of America. The president yeah, of the United States. And, and, but the, the kicker is, not only does he want to be the president of the United States of America, but there are people, the yeah, there are people that support him being the president. That's the scary part. That's the part that makes you say, like, my my faith in humanity to some degree has been tarnished because this ain't right. 
this can't be yeah. right. Like, I don't even know how... This I think be. what was scary for me is his emphasis on law and order. And he really emphasized that in the minority community. Mm-hmm. Um, as a sense of we're like savages that need to be um, controlled in a sense. Um, I think the way the way he talks about it is very scary to me. Yeah. Um, I just I'm not really feeling it at all at all. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it was it became very clear that that's what even when they they kept bringing up like stop and stop and frisk which we're going to have a conversation about later but when they when they brought that up and they asked him you know how do you how do you handle race relations how do we we handle race relations in our country and his response was uh more policing and stop and frisk like it's so one-sided it basically says that the reason that we have a problem is because you have these people that need to be controlled that just need more control like what that is not even are you listening to what they're saying bro like can you are you thinking about anything what, what's happening yeah i just i, I don't feel like he's Really, I feel like Donald Trump is invested in Donald Trump. And then when they point out the fact that he's maneuvered laws, it was like, well, I'm a businessman. What am I supposed to do if I'm I, like, if there's a way I could get around the law based on the rules, then I'll do that because I'm a businessman. That makes me a good businessman. I'm like, well, you just told us that you don't lack really integrity. Just because you can bend the rules without consequence doesn't mean that you should. I mean, the thing like, that blows me is there was a commentator. There's a uh, a commentator, a pro Donald, a pro Trump commentator that she was basically saying, "Oh, well, Hillary Clinton has um, she has all of these email scandals and she hasn't been honest to the the American people." But I'm thinking, but this guy just said, and you just backed him up that. If as a businessman, you can find a way to not pay taxes, it is okay. Taxes, taxes that puts that puts into the public pot that we all rely on to get some form of of uh, life to, to happen, be it we have highways, we have police officers like we all rely on this. And you're saying you're evading this and you're not getting taxes in there. But that's okay. But somebody using a private email server is somehow the worst thing that could possibly ever happen. And you think that logically it makes sense? I think for me, I just realized I can't. You just can't pay attention. Like at some point in time, you can't be so invested in what he's saying because I feel like you'll get frustrated trying to make it make sense, and it's never gonna make sense. And the best thing to do is just realize, you know what, this don't make sense. It's not gonna make sense, and I can't waste my time trying to make it make sense because if I do, then I fail. Like, yeah, I'm the problem if I think that this is gonna be sensible. Donald Trump and his people that advocate for him and in large part those supporters of his that can't give you any type of real plan that he has to to change the country besides building some wall that says oh we're going to keep people that don't look like us out like it just doesn't Mind make you, any they sense. building tunnels so are we building it's probably going to be an underground wall and it's going to be a wall that's going to go to space and all, all kinds of crazy stuff that (laughs) Mexico is just going to pay for it because that happens. Like what? (laughs) Yeah. It's almost, the debate was as interesting as uh, the officer involved in the Terrence Kutcher murder. (laughs) It's so frustrating because I read the headline that basically she said that she shot somebody because she was deaf and I, I, my initial response was to laugh because it was like, this can't, this has to be a hoax. It has to be a joke. But then, no, it started to really come out that she actually believes this. And this is exactly what she's saying. And there are people that are saying that she had a temporary loss of hearing that is due to high stress. So she 
presumed that he had a gun. She didn't hear uh, the police officers pull up that were her backup. She didn't hear the police officer say that he was going to tase him. And so because she was fearful already and she already assumed that he had a gun based on his actions, his erratic behavior, which was walking away from her with his hands up and she had a temporary loss of hearing. So that's why she was justified in shooting to kill him. Like it's such a stretch and it's like, yo, don't insult my intelligence. Like, do you really think did she, but did they put that in the original report or that's just what she said after the fact? This is what she said. This is what she said after the fact, after her being arrested and released from jail, apparently that's oh, what okay. she said. Yeah. Cause that, I mean, I'm, yeah, I, it's, it's hard to believe already. Um, that, I don't think that was because they would have said that from the beginning when they were doing the first release, if they thought that was even possible, which I don't think it, I mean, it sounds like complete made up foolishness. Um, but at least put it in your initial report. If right. you don't start off with that kind of, uh, kind of unbelievable lie, <laughs> um, <laughs> at least start off, you know, start off with Come that. Come with the lie so, off back. <laughs> be a quick lie, essentially. Like, <laughs> If you go lie, don't come and think of something. Yeah. It's like what? But then if I you don't lie, give us the lie like initially. So it's like, well, you know, that was a lot to come up with. But the fact that you didn't had some time, and then yeah, because like, I thought the initial report was he was resisting arrest. So how do I get resisting arrest to I'm deaf? Like I'm just not seeing the correlation right now. Right. I don't think they see it. Any, that she sees it either. But it it was it's really sad and it's unfortunate. But what's really unfortunate is that there are going to be so many people that are going to hang on to that and say that like it holds weight because that's a thing. And I'm not negating that anybody couldn't it couldn't happen to anybody or something that like never has happened before. It's not even a real thing because they're like, no, you know, it's medically it's something that could happen. Sure, it is. However. <laughs> This individual that ain't happened to that lady, right? You didn't. You shot somebody because <laughs> you lost. You couldn't hear, like, but you could see, and so your eyes showed that this person was walking away, and you but still shouldn't felt it, threatened. If you, like, if you, if you felt, if you went deaf temporarily, how can you not? That this first instinct is to shoot. That first instinct is not to say, "Man, I can't hear." Like, <laughs> right. Maybe I should oh, stop because I can't hear. Because that's a problem. <laughs> hearing is important. Put his, hand, put his hands in the air. Right. Hearing is important, is important. And it's something that I can't do in this moment. So I need to make some adjustments. Nah, but that's not it. But yeah, I, I, it's the crazy if thing. If she gets off on that and says, and they say that's legitimate, like alibi, I feel so. I, then our streets are really on a whole new level of unsafe because a lot of cops will be using that excuse to shoot people. No, absolutely. I, I feel like it's anything and, and what ultimately needs to happen, which we've been saying, I don't know if you saw that clip from, uh, is it the talk with Cheryl Underwood? I saw it trending, but I didn't watch it. Yeah, it was I actually, I, I mean, it was really good because she, she, she just acknowledged the fact that she started off with not acknowledging the fact that, yo, nobody's like there are some good police officers out there and everybody started to clap and it was it was it was good because she was like yeah but don't give me that this is that this there's this is justified there's when you watch that video there is no justification for this man being shot down like he's he's not posing any threat to you like oh i thought he had a gun do you realize he would have had to get into get into the car open the door reach into the car lean over none of that stuff happened you still saw his hands in the air and you shot him like you can't there's no getting around that and for people that say oh well you need to shut up and get all of the facts before you comment it's like this is a life and we see this narrative play play out over and over and over again where people have lost their lives and you want to argue at the fact that somebody felt afraid or threatened when it comes out that they did not have a gun so the mere fact that this one individual feels fear and the somebody's life is completely lost the just the idea of them feeling threatened 
although they're police officers and that's a part of what they sign up for and they know that it, that's going to come like there are going to be moments where you're going to feel threatened and you have to respond in the best way possible. The best way possible is not just immediately taking somebody's life because you felt threatened. There's no excuse for that. There's no excuse for that at all. So that clip was she did a like really, really good job. I feel like at articulating it and articulating in a way that she was using a platform to connect with people that probably have those same types ideas, same type ideas. Those same, those same people that are just like, Oh, well you got to shut up and for you, you got to shut up and not comment on it until you get all the facts. It's like, we see this narrative over and over and over again. And you can't just tell me that this is just a coincidence that, Oh no, you know, it's been so many people shot down, hundreds of people shot down by the police. We have video evidence. None of these people get charged with anything. None of these people are brought to justice. Everybody is getting getting let go and they're going back out or they're getting administrative leave. But, you know, it's just because people just need to do better or respond different. Do exactly what the police officer says. Like, what more do you want? him to do he's walking away with his hands in the air you can't get any more like hey I, I, i'm up I'm, I'm waving a white flag like it is what it is I yeah I... in response to that i did see which i told myself that i wasn't gonna laugh at i saw your post about mary j blige and you're not right <sighs> well you know what honestly mary's not right because this is this is what's the problem you did this and you and you know, Mary Hiller is not right because y'all did this and y'all both were there, and someone should say, "Stop this! <laughs> Stop it right now!" This is what. So you know, Kev on stage, right? The yeah. community. So he made a. He was like, "Look at Hillary sitting over there, like Ricky Bobby. I don't know what to do with my hands." You remember that Talladega Nights? <laughs> what? <laughs> Have you seen Talladega Nights? I haven't seen that movie. Oh. You won't get it if he is seen it. But I mean, when he said it, I'm literally almost in years because Talladega Nights, I love that movie. That movie's hilarious. And it just, I was just like, Mary, like when I saw it, and Charlemagne was like, he made reference to the Burger King commercial, and I was like, Everybody what? has been, they did it on the Rick and Smiley Morning Show. They brought up the, the merch, like, Christmas chicken, French lettuce. Y'all gonna let Mary live, man. Like, but I just said, like, Mary, you can't be making these kinds of decisions while you're going through a divorce. Because you're not emotionally, <laughs> you already emotionally drained. You know what I'm saying? I felt like I blame this on the fact that she going through a hard time. Like, I'm trying to say <laughs> that she wasn't, like, at her best. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like this is a, but then she made that Burger I don't know. I heard she got four million for that. Maybe that was just a money thing. But I feel like this one, it just was like I feel like Magnum been in any best place because it really looked like an SNL episode. Like it was like she guest starting on SNL and and then she was singing. I was just like Mary, you gotta stop this. She need to sue Apple because they defamation. I just it's a problem. It was really bad. I said, this is bad, Mary. I feel like, she's like and really, I love Mary. Yeah, but I feel like she's really trying to help. That's what I think. She really is trying to. Yeah, but sometimes you can help and be wrong. Like, <laughs> and sometimes you I can be just as wrong. She has to get a for effort. A for effort. That's what I say. I can't get for nothing. <laughs> I love Mary, but this is a fail. And you saw she tweeted, "Leave for the leave alone." I think I can't remember what she that she was pretty. She tweeted like. I thought that was fake. So I went to her Twitter that account. Was I didn't see it. Yeah, I went to her Twitter. Okay. Account. Apparently, okay. though, she did basically say that like it was done in you know it was done in the heat of the moment. Um, it was a song that she like she really likes, and she just kind of felt like she's a singer first. Um, and that's how she expresses it. That's how she expresses herself. So she used. I think that. Hillary Face was too that made it comedic for me. Cause she was like, looking, she kind of looked like she didn't know what to do. Like, <laughs> yeah. how do I respond to this? I'm not really sure. This is like, so that's, smile, that's like, will uh, it seem like I'm interested. So, so this really happened to me and friend labs. There was a, one of a, a friend from high school and well, no, you know what? I'm not going to say that. Cause it might 
it just never mind. I'm not gonna say that. I'm not even gonna say what the situation was. I'm just gonna keep it to myself. But anyway, I just say when moments get real, real awkward and you don't know what to do, and you just sitting there like, what do I say in response to this? Uh, <laughs> looked at that moment. So <laughs> I feel like you got to tell us the story, but I ain't gonna put no pressure on you. I want to say it because it's just be my luck the person listening and they already did some type of way about me because how I responded in that moment because oh, I really didn't know what to say and I was just like man I really don't know what to say but thank you <laughs> <laughs> well alright well we've been here for a minute Um, we will be back mm-hmm. with our main dish back with our main dish and I said I wasn't going to sing anymore I retired it honestly I really think my vocals are on the next level and so when y'all ears elevate I could bring it back but right now you know I feel like it's a place I'm just vocally where I am I think the people I'm think in a you place. So yeah. I'm I'm getting I'm 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 feeling that everybody that's listening is just saying thank you so much it's like oh. Thank you. I mean, so. you know, I, I feel like I feel like vocally, I'm just my voice is really next level. It's next level, and, so, and nobody's yeah. on that level. Yeah, and so when therefore you, you should know, just, I'm yeah. trying to elevate people, but they didn't want to be not, elevated that ready fast. For you know what I'm saying? Everybody just yeah. want to stay on the ground. We got gravity here. We just want to hold to. Yeah, it. and you know, but I'm an artist. You know, I be on some next level stuff. So we appreciate you it. You know. Just, it is, yeah. Keep it, it on the next really level good. with yourself. Yeah. It's great. We support yeah. it. It's I'm here for it. Whatever y'all do, y'all. You know, we're out here doing it with our good intact <laughs> ears, <laughs> listening to the quality sounds of good music. We got it. Well, you know what? I just let my love. I let my love marinate for a while, and then I'll, you know, I'll try to elevate that little Start small. Maybe don't t- don't 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 bring it to the whole brunch culture audience. Let's just like maybe you should call your mom and and start with her. Share it with her, and then you know share it with your parents and your your siblings and you know then you can start to filter. They don't want to hear it. Your spe- they don't want to hear it. Now if it's a voice yeah, that a mama don't want, when your mama don't want to hear your voice, Lisa, we might have some real talk. Well, I'm just saying, you, you know, I'm trying to elevate. I, when I say I'm next level, I'm next level family, friends. Like the next level doesn't discriminate. Oh. But I'm trying to bring everybody up. You know. Well, but, as you know. your friend, I'm just going to acknowledge that I'm not there, and I'm okay with not being there. And I, I appreciate sure you being honest. Not a lot of people be will be there. honest about where they're not at yet. Yeah, and I, I think it's important to do so. And I, I'm I'm not sure that I'll ever want to be there. Um, <laughs> I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm in this stage in this place of life where I recognize, you know, my inefficiencies, and and I'm all right. I'm okay with it. Doesn't yeah. do doesn't cause me a problem at all. You know, and that's fine. <laughs> Whatever he whatever floats your boat, files your lost remote. I think that's a Andre three thousand line. Um, is that it? Was that it? Whatever floats your boat, finds your lost remote. I never heard I don't know. that. Maybe it's not Andre three thousand. Anyway, uh, we're gonna talk about this main dish <laughs> <laughs> because, as always, I'm messing up people's legs. So. Uh, <laughs> I was watching The Breakfast Club by um, do regularly, and I saw DJ Envy talking about Stop and Frisk, uh, which was kind of like a carryover from the debate. The mm-hmm. Yeah, the, and the Trump talking about Stop and Frisk, and you know him kind of wanting the law and order, which we kind of already addressed that in the scroll a little bit. Um, and DJ Envy was like, you know, I was anti-stop and frisk until I got um I was almost killed with three bullets in my Rolls Royce while driving to work at 3 a.m. um in the morning because you know they have to be on the air early mm-hmm. um and he was driving through Newark and a dude with a police flashing light um tried to pull him over 
and he knew he said he knew it was the police wasn't the police because the dude only had like a blue light not red and blue mm-hmm. and he knew that in newark or new york the lights were like red and blue so he knew it wasn't the police so he kept going dude re re in rear-ended him twice and so then he was like oh this is not the police so he sped up then he had to go to like a exit or something like a a tunnel or something or a, a, a what's it, a toll and he had to slow down and then the guy kind of came on the side of him and got in front got out with this like full black everything with a, a black uh mask and everything and started shooting at his car and he uh put the car in reverse and he was like i'm going um backwards on the um on the expressway, which is, I guess, doable because nobody's probably on the expressway at 3, 3 a.m. in the um, morning. So he said from that experience, he was shaking up and he realized that stop and frisk is necessary um, because it gets guns off the street. And I'm just like, he was like, they got buyback programs and all that stuff. And I was just like, okay, let's think about this. You think stop and frisk is going to stop the person from shooting at you? They shot at you at three in the morning. First of all, the buyback programs, I don't think the dude that shot at you is going to give his gun back at the buyback program. That just to me doesn't seem like that makes sense. And I feel like how does your philosophy change based on he was like, I got my kids at home and that solution you came up with, like, let's get stop and frisk back because that was in my life. Like I just didn't see the logic in it. Um, I just thought it was interesting. What did you think? So, in trying to be as diplomatic as possible, when I watched the clip um, of them, Charlemagne and Envy going back and forth, I was really trying to, I was like, okay, so let me try to come from a place where I maybe understand where Envy is coming from. Like, I really want to try to give him the benefit of the doubt and maybe really try to listen and honestly, in doing that, I think I probably even frustrated myself even more because I really take issue with people that when there's an issue, when there's a problem, you don't really support something until it's directly affected you. You haven't like listened to another point of view. Um, and the only, you only kind of assimilate to, to something or you change it when it hits home. And I feel like mm-hmm. my problem with those type of people is you end up with a situation kind of like an envy, um, like envy did. So he was anti-stop and frisk. He said he's anti-stop and frisk. He's been that way for, for a while. But for me, it's like, you don't truly believe what you, you don't believe in that. And you weren't, you didn't really understand and grasp the problems with the the stop and frisk law because the minute that you felt like oh well i was in the the position that all of these other people that are on the right wing that basically support this thing have then you kind of is like well you know what i think it's something that should happen because it's going to get more guns off the street to me that's problematic and i I feel like yeah it 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 becomes it becomes self-serving it becomes well it's not really a problem until it affects me and once it affects me now i'm mad because something won't be done about it and then even in saying that i think that stop and frisk should be i think it's a good thing because it gets guns off no like gun laws and gun policies will also get guns off of the street you doing things using your platform to do things to get guns off the street sharing your story that's going to do things to get guns off the street it's not saying that somebody should you know have the right to go and to see somebody that seems suspicious where suspicious is deemed honestly whatever you think it is and oftentimes it's going to be i'm going to see a black or brown boy that has his pants sagging or that may be walking down the road with a boom box or listening to music or might look a certain way or might have dreads and he looks suspicious so i'm going to stop and frisk him and saying things like because he kept he kept saying well i'm saying that it should be modified a little bit well what's modified a little bit because honestly 
having this policy in place and telling people that they can do this, they're going to police the same neighborhoods. Right. And so even when I was watching John Legend's interview where he was saying like the data has come out that like less than 0.2% of the times did, uh, I mean, less than 2% of the times that they actually find something on people. But he was like, Oh, well it was 900. And they were like, I think Charlemagne said, well, it was over like 8,000 or 7,000 people that they stopped. And he was like, yeah, but they got 900 guns. And it's like, okay. So if they stopped 7,000 people and all of those people did not have guns, like, do you realize that these people, they got guns from, they can just go out and get more guns. Like if you don't, change the laws that prohibit guns from being in certain places uh i mean being sold in certain ways if you don't change the laws that allow people to just go online and just order whatever kind of gun they want to they want to have and have it delivered right to their front door and then they can get ammo so they can come out and do whatever you're never going to solve the problem and you're simply you're truly not going to solve the problem in suburbia because those police officers aren't stopping and frisking those people. So you're creating a problem for a group of people and saying that, Oh, it makes sense because you've had a personal experience. Well, other people had a personal experience and you should have considered that then and said, you know what? I think that stop and frisk is wrong because it directly targets disenfranchised people. And here's what I think should happen. Stop and frisk is not the answer. And so for me, that was like, I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, but it just really, really started to frustrate me because I'm like, yo, you're one of those people that's flip flopping. Like, and I, and I do believe like, yo, you know, give him more information. We all learn. We all, you know, change our position and that's fine. But I think your position should be changed, not because you just had this very personal experience and you completely ignore the fact that this policy and carrying out this type of action directly affects the lives of so many people that look like you and he's like i've been stopped in frisk before and it's like i guess he's saying it to say like oh here i'm a person that's been stopped in frisk and i think it's okay it's like yeah you've been stopped in frisk before and maybe it was before you had money but now you have money so you exist in a completely different space in a completely different world what i loved about the interview that i watched with john legend is john legend kept saying that you know there are people because you live in this type of neighborhood where where crime is high, that's not your fault. Like, so somebody should just be able to come and put you and make you live in this police state all of the time because you were born in this this neighborhood in this community and you don't have the means to get your to get out of it at this point. So you should just be treated like you're controlled by the police and you're nothing. No, that's not right. That's not the answer. We got to tackle. We have to be very careful about looking at those people that don't have a voice or don't have money and basically pointing the fingers at them and saying you're, you're to blame. Like that's not fixing your problem. It's still not going to fix your problem. It's honestly still not going to stop this 14 year old kid that just decided that he was, he killed his dad and he was going to go into the school and shoot a teacher and shoot two students. Like, Stop and frisk. Nobody would have stopped and frisked him because he doesn't look. You know what I'm saying? Based on the way mm-hmm. that it was implemented before, he doesn't look. He's not in these high poverty stricken areas like where he's done. So that's not going to take the guns out of his hand. So what are what are you really saying? And that's what frustrated me because it's like you got to be mindful of that. Like what are you really saying, Envy? Like you're not you're throwing this out here, but you're really not analyzing and dissecting what you're saying because really what you're saying by not doing that is that. It's these black people, these brown people, these thugs, these people that's poor in the ghettos that got all these guns. And they the ones that's trying to get me because I was driving around in my Rolls Royce. And because I was in a Rolls Royce, that's why they wanted to shoot me. Like, they wanted to shoot you because you was your Rolls Royce? Maybe they know somebody that had a Rolls Royce that owes them money. Maybe they don't like Rolls Royces. Like it's just not because it's you that's driving around in your Rolls Royce and they just after you because you got a Rolls Royce. Like I'm sure nobody cares, bro. <laughs> like, yeah. Congratulations, but it's not that big a deal. I think he didn't research enough because that was his, he didn't come to the table with real solutions. You know what I'm saying? Like he was like, it has to be reformed. Well, how? Like you can't throw something out there. Like, what, did, what other policies? And he was like, I researched it because I was really into guns, getting guns off the street. And it's like, okay, where's you? So what did you I'll find? fight my sword. Yeah. Right. What did you find? It got 900 find? guns off the street. Okay. 
900 guns, those 900 guns, how many were just everyday citizens who entered the quote-unquote buyback program Mm -hmm. that just did it because they need some extra money? Like, you know what I'm saying? I just don't feel like when we think about these things, a lot of times when we see like these quote-unquote buyback programs, the people that are giving them are sometimes middle-aged people that just need some extra money. Like, you know? Right. And it's coming, it, it it really is directly coming from a place of, I just had this experience, so now this matters to me because I could have lost my life. And it immediately, what frustrates me, as I said before, like, it immediately takes away the thought and the consideration from how implementing such a thing will negatively impact somebody else. You know what I'm saying? He hasn't at, at that moment because of his experience and, and and with all due respect of his experience and what he's gone through, I'm pretty sure that was traumatic. I've never had that happen, but I'm pretty sure, you know, in a moment's notice, you want to do it. I feel, feel like my issue with him is not that he wants to do something, but it's more so of the lack of consideration that he gives to saying that this thing should be stopping frisk should be how that negatively impacts somebody else's life how that pigeonholes them how that makes them their life more uncomfortable how honestly it makes people that have low amounts of marijuana or some sort of substance drug get thrown into jail because they were stopped and frisked and they found something else. So then they had reason to arrest this person when it's not going to happen in another community and the other community that you live in, they're actually being like a stop and frisk in place. You have to acknowledge and realize that it's probably not you that they're going to be, that's going to be targeted. Right. And even Mm -hmm. if you were a target and that's because you don't frequent these neighborhoods enough, you don't live in these neighborhoods, you're in a completely different tax bracket. You have notoriety. You're on the radio. When you're in these neighborhoods, it's probably for some sort of charity event, which probably already comes with some degree of security or approval where people know who you are. So you're not going to be the person that's going to have to bear the brunt of this. And when people are bringing it to your, your face to say, Hey, you got, to consider these people like you really have to stop and shut up and say you know what maybe i take that back maybe that's not the best thing i feel like something should be done and at this point i don't know what but i can tell you that based off of history stop and frisk is not going to be good for anybody that looks like me or anybody that looks like you Charlemagne, because historically it hasn't worked it hasn't worked i think i feel like that's what really really frustrates me um and, and, and why I just couldn't really get get with it. And I will say, and I, like, to be fair, I tried to I gave him credit for saying, like, I think it needed it needed to be modified. I feel like that was his, him trying to give like some some like leeway or some stretch to say, OK, well, I'm not saying this. I'm saying that it needs to be modified. So I'm not saying that it's perfect. But honestly, for me, just bringing it up in general and saying that, oh, well, just a little modification. It doesn't need a little modification. It needs to not exist, because when you give people the OK to uh, judge somebody to profile somebody literally based off of their own bias, if you will, they're going to use that in such a way that it's going to continue to negatively impact that same group of people that they have a bias with and nothing can be done about it because you think it's okay. Cause you think it's going to keep, keep you and your kids safer off the streets. But again, you have people that's in suburbia and these high paying areas that have guns that snap and they go on the killing spree Who's going to stop them? Are you going to stop mm-hmm. and frisk them? They're not being stopped and frisked. Like, stop it. And are these areas high in crime because you're constantly policing them and finding stuff? Exactly. But if you would go to suburbia, if you go in their house and pat them down, you probably would find just as much crime, if not more. So, I mean, it's just, it's where we choose to put our attention. Because Envy was like, just do it in heavy crime areas. Well, the fact that these are heavy crime areas is because it's heavy policing in these areas. Like they look for stuff to in a lot of cases. Yeah. And that would be I'm not saying that there's not the crime is not present, but they're not spreading and looking at other people. 
Right. It's not equal in the right. sense. Not 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 only that, I feel like that definitely is a part of it. But I feel like something that John Legend tried to bring up is you have to think about why we have these types of communities anyway. Right. You have to think about the policies that were not in place that allowed for there to be these like this like ghettoization of of certain communities with a certain demographic of people and you got to understand how like that poverty level is there and how that impacts it so it's multiple things there's not one solution and i feel like the one thing that it seemed like envy kept advocating for is like you guys don't realize i'm trying to get gun- my sole purpose is to get guns off the street that's my sole purpose to get off the guns guns off but the street. he didn't and say is- you notice he didn't say get guns off the street for his emphasis wasn't on people to be safe. His emphasis was on, on him, him and to be his, exactly him, and his, him and he his, got kids. Exactly. Because that's, that's what's most important. And like I said, that's what frustrated me the most because it's so, so many people take it. And I feel like we have to check ourselves, but we don't really care about nobody else's safety or nobody else's quality of life. What I'm concerned about is me and mine and that type of thought process, that type of attitude, even if you don't, act that out in other areas of your life just maintaining that and and saying that out loud that creates a problem and it further it further pushes the reason that we have racism and we have classism because that or we have like this mass incarceration rate because at the end of the day you're not concerned with how this affects this person that you have this bias about you're really concerned with how this is going to protect you and that's that's you're continuing the cycle like you're continuing to cause these same issues that we are trying to break like you really have to look at it in a different perspective and you got to understand that yo based on where you live where your family lives the people that you're probably interacting with stop and frisk is really not going to help maybe i guess it'll help you from riding through the hood potentially i guess that's what you're saying but from your day to day this is not something that you're going to have to deal with so you got to understand how this one law is going to impact somebody else um but john legend brought up to him too they they kind of had this very short discussion about um whose responsibility it is to uh take care of or to handle crime and like is crime, is it the responsibility of the community people within this one community to stop crime or to stop violence? Um, or is it is it the police officer's responsibility? And for me, as it is with, with many things, there's not one answer to it. And I think John Legend was so great in just being practical and saying that, yo, what what is one individual person going to do to stop you know the drug dealer that has like 20 people that's working under him and is like the most armed and dangerous person in the neighborhood what is one person going to do to stop that person he's not gonna walk up to him and be like oh please stop you're hurting us like that doesn't work so you can't say that oh well you know these neighborhoods are just that way because those people choose to be that way not everybody in this neighborhood chooses to be that way and then we start thinking about the people that we say quote unquote chose to be that way well what happened because we think we we talk about like drug dealers and guns well nobody as as it was stated in the 90s if you've never been outside of your state, how are you getting the drugs? Mm-hmm. If you are, if there's no gun manufacturers inside the hood, how are they getting the guns? Where are they coming from? Not to say that people don't have a responsibility. I mean, people don't have, people, people are just completely free of fault. But I think at some point in time, you really have to start thinking about all of the different things that play into why people are in a certain situation, why people think a certain way, why people act a certain way, why things are there and start to tackle those different elements and realize that you just throwing out, you giving somebody the okay to treat them as subpar subhuman or just as guilty um, until proven innocent that that's not going to fix a problem. I guess it'll make you feel good, but ultimately it's really not going to fix a problem because 
anything can happen in your neighborhood. And then what? Then you're going to start saying, oh, stricter gun laws, stricter gun laws when it happens to you in your neighborhood. But you're not going to say, oh, let's go and stop stop and frisk people in this neighborhood. Let's inconvenience my child when they're outside playing with a toy car and somebody feels like, oh, they look suspicious. Let's like arrest them or let's stop and frisk them to make sure they don't have nothing. You're going to be pissed. This is your child. They're just living their life. You don't want them to go through that. So don't send nobody else through that. Yeah. It's just, I, I was, it was interesting to me that envy said that because I always think of him as the more kind of laid back one, but you know what? Never mind, because Charlemagne to me is the most, he thinks most critically. Even though he says some like crazy stuff, I think he's like, if I would pick the one that's the most, that's the, the, uh, probably the best critical thinker out of them would be, um, would be Charlemagne to me. Absolutely. It's not, it wasn't a shock to me that Envy was the one that, that took that position. Um, and I think it is, and 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 again, I I don't think that this is more so about. For me, it wasn't about it just being envy. It's more about for me, like who he represents and the ideals of him, um, because for me, he represents so many people that may come from the hood, right, or may have like a hood hood understanding or a hood struggle. But he mm-hmm. uh, he talks so openly about like what his dad taught him, his relationship with his dad. And I think it's so easy for people to feel like, you know, I'm in a hood, but then when I come out of it, you be like, oh, well, you can do it just like I did. Or, oh, mm-hmm. it's because people chose this stuff without realizing that there there are people that impacted your life that allowed you to do that. I say this all the time, like, yeah, I was raised in the hood. And there's a lot of hood stuff that we did and we had to go through um, and stuff that wasn't right. But at the end of the day, I always had a mama that was there right, wrong or or indifferent. She showed up. And so that type of show up, love and support, even still to this day, I'm grown. I live in a completely different state. Growing up, we didn't travel anywhere um, outside of the state, like with my mom. Like I, these are things that I did with like my dad would go into like another city or whatever. But it wasn't like we were real travel. But when I moved, my mom makes it a point to say that I'm going to get in the car and drive 10, 12 hours to come and see my baby. And so for me, I can't look at somebody that didn't have that and, and just kind of take this position of, Oh, well you just need to get it. Like I did without recognizing that that's something they were missing. And I feel like I've seen envy kind of do this and not just in, in this situation, but in multiple situations. So he definitely, to me represents a person that is not thinking about the benefits that they've had and 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 considering that in terms of how things respond, how he responds to life and saying, you know what, let me not just think about myself in this because the world is not just about me and my family What's about everybody else. So while I can be concerned with my family and love my family and protect my family, because that's what I'm called to do and I'm going to do that. But at the same time, I'm also going to understand there's somebody out there that don't have a me in their life. Or there's somebody out there that didn't that was grew up with me that didn't have my dad like a dad in their life like I had or you know whoever it was uncles aunts whoever it was like some people didn't have that and so I gotta think about just as much as I don't want laws or you know pra- certain practices to negatively impact me I also gotta consider how that's gonna impact those people as well because. You know, thankfully, I'm fortunate enough to be making, you know, multi-million dollars and have a family where we can all dress alike and post it on Instagram and everybody can go follow and like what we're doing and think we're the dopest people in the world. And that's so great. But everybody don't have the opportunity, bro. So, like, think about those people. Like, I feel like he represents to me. I've seen him do it before. And I feel like he represents that. Yeah. So many times just like, well. You know, it's about me. I don't want to do it, and my family don't do it, and so that's all that matter. I mean, anybody else, I just really don't care about. <laughs> that's where it seems like it comes from. Like I just, you know, whatever. Nobody else matter but me. Yeah, I mean, gotta get it by it, that kind of mentality. Gotta get it by any means necessary. Protect me and mine, and 
that's how it is. Um, unfortunately, I'm glad everybody doesn't think like that because the world would be chaotic. Very chaotic, very screwed up, and we would get absolutely nowhere. So thank God for that. But y'all definitely hit us up and let, let us know what y'all think about it. If you saw the video, we're actually posted out to our social media site so y'all can see it. And hit us up and let, y'all, let us know what y'all think about it. I think that... Um, it was interesting that when you texted me about it, I thought it was really dope. I had uh, actually just, I think I watched the video right before this. Yeah, this past week, you've tagged me in a few things and I actually saw it maybe like right before I saw that you tagged me in it. But I saw it and I was thinking like, dang, bro, like you're really not considering how this is going to affect anybody else. Um, <laughs> but yeah, hit us up. Use the hashtag chat BC. Hit us up on Twitter at brunch culture and on Instagram at brunch underscore culture. And we will be back for our toast or roast. All right. And we are back for our toast or roast. And this week I got a toast. Um, it just dropped today. And so I kind of, we're recording. By the time you guys hear this, I've been listening to this probably a million times. But so Solange knows, if you guys don't know who Solange knows is, you are living under a rock. If you have mm-hmm. not listened to any of her music, do yourself a favor and go to whatever music source you go you listen to and listen to some Solange knows um but this latest album she dropped an album today called A Seat at the Table and this album from start to finish it has 21 tracks um there's a lot of interludes in here but this album is dope i mean i I, I I downloaded it like one o'clock this morning. I'm going through and I'm reading the titles. Um, I read the little excerpt that she had about it um, that is included with it. And it says this like this album is like a, a self-expression and it promotes like black love and black beauty and just think. And I was like, oh, this is, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. And then I was like looking at the visuals after reading an article that she had written. I knew like I was just expecting it. She kind of noted and she commented about the album um, then or her like completing her album. So I knew something was coming. But this album from start to finish is really, really dope. Um, I think I love it so much because it has the, the overall the themes that are in the album to me just kind of resonate to everything that we need to hear about loving ourselves as black people, understanding why, you know, we, the world responds to us differently, or we might respond to the world or to things differently, understand why we may be uncomfortable being in certain spaces or succumbing to certain systems and wanting to question things and all of that stuff. Like it just kind of really goes through that journey. But so, uh, one thing that really I really really love is the fact that she has interludes. I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I loved interludes. I love albums. I love when albums weren't ten tracks. When albums was like sixteen songs at minimum. To me, that's like a full album. It's like sixteen songs. It gives you enough stuff to like and not like. Um, and then they had interludes, and so there were these. Tr- there's like these transitional moments where like it would tell you a story or it would kind of keep pushing the theme of the entire album and i loved it she has some great interludes but one interlude that's on here which everybody has to listen to um it is uh the interlude that is uh well there's two of them but the the main one is tina taught me i posted it on my instagram and it's basically tina knows talking about who's her mom she's talking about her uh love for being black and she talks about how unfair it is and how she gets emotional and bothered when people take being pro-black and a love for being black as being anti-white or trying to separate yourself from everybody else or outcasting or like shunning everybody out and it's not that and she's like you can be pro-black and that's okay like it's okay to love yourself and that's essentially what being pro-black is and I don't know if I've said it on brunch culture before but I definitely know that I told you Lisa like I have 
I learned I used to be so afraid of people to call me pro black because I've learned that it was like a derogatory thing. And I've I found myself being like, no, it's okay for me to be pro black. That's Mm -hmm. that's actually a good thing. Like I'm pro me. If I am black, if I have to check this box that says black and pro which means promoting and being supportive of and liking that and engaging that and representing that and loving that how can something that's positive and something that i am the two of those few fuse together be derogatory it's impossible. Mm-hmm. It's it's insane. And so the fact that Tina knows says this on this interlude, honestly, the interlude is like a minute and some change long, but I just play it over and over and over again um, just because I love what she's saying. And it's so great to hear from somebody that's in the space where she interacts with so many different people all the time, so many high profile, really, really important people. And to know that she has that belief um, and she's promoting that amongst them and she's saying that it's okay to love yourself and don't let somebody tell you that being pro-black is anti-anything because it's not because you can love you and you can love them too that's the beauty of love right it's infinite it keeps going Mm -hmm. on it's not you don't have so much of it you can never have too much of it or enough of it so I'm toasting the Solange knows this is a dope album. Some somebody asked the question of if I think maybe it was you. You asked the question if I think it's better than Lemonade. Um, and I hate the whole. I knew that it was gonna come at some point in time. I really hate comparing. Comparing. Oh Lord, it's gonna start playing. Um, I hate comparing yeah. the two, but I will say that as I feel like Lemonade was definitely a. It was great album. But it was it was a narrative that was that resonated a lot for women and it was meant for women. It was a project that was for women. And mm-hmm. I think that listening to a seat at the table is something that is not specifically for women. It is just for people and for black people. Um, she has a song called FUBU, which is dope and is saying like this is for us. Like this mm-hmm. is for us. And and it's okay if you this is not for you it's okay if you can't identify with it because there's so many other things that you can identify with and maybe when i'm with you and i'm you know around your art or around your friends y'all are gonna have something that's not mine and it's mm-hmm. okay and that, you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying like that is 100 okay so anyway a seat at the table if you haven't heard it go to whatever service you have and and listen to it i say download it I still think that uh, albums matter. As Prince said, just as much as books and black lives, albums still matter. So I say buy albums. I still buy albums. I think it's great to hear a whole complete body of work. This is definitely a complete body of work. But toast to you, Solange, a seat at the table. I know I just kind of stand out, but that's my toast for this week. Dope. I I, I definitely want to hear. I haven't been. You know, I have. I am about buying whole albums. I buy singles, but I think I might give this a listen, especially I got a plane ride coming up. I might, um, listen to the lyrics too. Listen to the lyrics. It's just, it's dope. That's dope. I I love old, I love music with the message. When I say I love, I was about to say I love old school music because I feel like music with the message, I always (laughs) supported the old school. school. Right. So <laughs> when I say oh I love old school music, that's what I mean. Um so this week I want to toast to the man above, the man upstairs, the big G O D, um, however you um like to say it, um, God. Um, he's just really amazing and I'm I'm thankful for the prayers he's answering in my life and the different things um that he's doing and bringing things full circle. Um, in my life. And so I'm just thankful at, at this, like the last few days, I've been really overwhelmed with gratefulness and thankfulness to God. And so when I thought about a toast this week, that's the only thing I could think of because I've continuously been thinking like, I'm so grateful because there's a lot of things that I never thought I would see that are starting to happen. And so for that, I am eternally grateful um, because he's amazing. So toast to God. All right, that's dope. You know, I can, hey, I can, I, I see it. I see it's amazing, and I know why you're toasting. Um, I think I might know a little bit more than our listeners know, but 
I think it's definitely well due and kudos to you. And I'm just going to do just a second toast. If I can slide that in and just do a toast to you just because um, seeing the process of all of this stuff happening and seeing how it goes like it's a roller coaster. Sometimes you're up and sometimes you're down and just seeing that you've been consistent throughout there is definitely well-deserved with much more. And I know much more is to go on. So toast to you too. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, you know, we don't want to get too sloppy on here because we have a tendency <laughs> to do it, which I love. I appreciate the fact that we can celebrate each other. Cause it's not something that, you know, it's not something that you see people do all the time, but we are going to uh, share this week's good vibe with y'all. Um, this week's good vibe is it sounds simple, but sometimes you have to give time, time. And you posted that, Lisa, and I just felt like, yo, that is it. Like, sometimes you really just have to say, you know what? I'm just going to give time. It's time. I'm I'm going to wait. I'm going to pause. And and I take that a step further to say sometimes you just got to give God his time. Like, I can't. I don't I don't know. I don't have it. <laughs> I don't have I don't have the answers. I don't have the timeline. I don't know. Like, I'm not the the sculptor of this thing. Like, I I have some control over some things and there's a lot of things that I don't have control over. And so, you know. I tell you, at some moment, I just say, well, you know what? I just kind of got to take my time because clearly you're going to take yours. So, <laughs> and I, I think, can't control either one. Right. I think you just have to do that. And I think that is is just so dope. So this week, yo, let this this good vibe sit with you. Write it down somewhere and just think about it. When you, you feel stressed, when you feel like it's not coming, when you feel like you want to give up, realize that sometimes you really just have to give time time. Yes. Yeah. So thank you for listening to another episode of Brunch Culture. As always, you can catch all our past episodes at www.brunchculturebc.com. You can follow us on social media on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash brunch culture on Instagram and on Instagram at brunch underscore culture and on Twitter at brunch culture. Follow us on iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes by searching Brunch Culture on iHeartRadio, by searching Brunch Culture on Google Play, by searching Brunch Culture. Brunch Culture is everywhere, so it's no excuse for you to miss it. Uh, As always, here at Brunch Culture, everything is up for discussion.